0: What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Straight Up Sabres, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. As always, I'm Brendan. And I'm Taylor. And Taylor, we're in for a quick one today, as we're going to be recording a a shorter episode before we get back to our longer ones on Monday. I'm headed to New York City for the week for work, and so we wanted to get a quick one in here that we're going to be putting out on Wednesday, unlike our usual Thursday episodes, just so that we can get something posted for everybody here ahead of the Sabres West coast road trip Taylor. They had some of the fun with the West coast starting on Monday, but that was at home and a five to two win. Over the Arizona Coyotes, and what was a really strong performance from the Sabres. Devin Levi got his third straight start and ended up picking up the win in this one. And Eric Robinson, after we were, uh, you know, maybe uh, ragging on him a little bit last week, ended up having a nice little three point game for the Burs in this one. So, Taylor, give me your reactions to the 5 2 win over Arizona. I would say that
1: it kind of has now followed a little bit of a trajectory of the last three games, five points taken from those three games. And they've looked pretty good in all of them. And one of the big things is even though they don't look as dangerous on offense and they don't look like the team that's making crazy memorable plays that go viral on Twitter, they've been – they've ha- kind of had a relentless forecheck, which has been reassuring to see. They, they've they just had so many shots. Uh, they had I don't know, like 49 against Montreal. They had like 20 in the first period against Boston. And that continued against Arizona. They really just – took it to him for the entire game. And Arizona's not a bottom feeder or anything there. They've been pretty solid. And it was good to see the Sabres kind of finally take it to a goalie who was struggling. Vimelka, for how good he was last year, has not been good this year and kind of has been replaced in the, wow, that guy has a better Saber percentage I thought department by Connor Ingram. So luckily the Sabres got the lesser of two goalies. And unlike many examples throughout this year, they actually took advantage of that. The weird part was, like you mentioned there, like you alluded to, uh, it was not the guys you would have thought of that are taking advantage of it. It was really that fourth line, which like went off uh, yeah. Robinson, Krebs, and Oposo. They look great, uh, which uh, led me to having some thoughts about a certain other fourth liner that's hurt. Uh, I don't know if you had any similar thoughts.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's important to note, in addition to Robinson's three points, Kyle Opozo also picked up three points with a goal and two assists in this one. In addition to those two, Rasmus Dahlin had a goal and an assist. Connor Clifton had a decent game there, picking up two assists, had a few nice, really nice breakout plays in this one. And Devin Levi, as I mentioned before, made 21 saves to pick up the win for the Sabres. I agree, Taylor. I thought that the th- the fourth line looked about as solid as we've seen all year Peyton Krebs, I think, you know, after having some ups and downs in the early goings of the season here, definitely quite a bit of downs has really, I think, turned his game around over these past couple of weeks here and has really started to put together a consistent string of performances here in which he's looking like the guy that we were seeing last year. Again, of course, you're going to want to see, you know, the offense continue to come out there a little bit, but we're starting to see a lot of that reliable two way play again. And I think it just came down to the fact that in this one, that that fourth line was just generating chances. And so while obviously, you know, you're putting them out there to be responsible in their own zone, you know, it it helps when a lot of the play is being had in, in the offensive zone as compared to them having to clean things up in the defensive zone there. As far as Gergensen goes, yeah, I mean, I, I think this is kind of what we had talked about in the offseason with reservations about him coming back this year. You know, it really just felt like even though he was a solid defensive player, it was a guy that they could have afforded to move on from. It's not a knock against him or anything, but I mean, he's the longest tenured Saber. He's been here for over a decade, and and it just felt as though... It was time for that, that they were able to, whether it was internally or externally for that matter, be able to bring in a guy to fill in that role. And as it's turned out, I mean, yes, we're in December now, but it costs them giving up pretty much nothing to be able to get that guy in the form of Robinson. Now, let's not get ahead of ourselves here. This is one game. I think Robinson overall has looked fine over these these first three games, obviously having a very good game. there, picking up three points in this one but important to not get ahead of ourselves here. We have to keep in mind the fact that this is a guy that before this trade had played more games in the AHL this year than in the NHL. He had a bit of a down year last year. It's been a couple of years. He's a, he's a couple of years removed since the last time that he looked like a really solid every night contributing NHL player. But I think we can all at least be happy about the returns that we're getting right now. As for Gergensen's though, moving forward, When he becomes healthy again, you're going to have a a tough decision to make among the forward group because you're going to be up to 14 guys once you end up getting Jack Quinn back as well. So it's going to make for an interesting move that's going to have to happen here. Now, whether that comes in the form of them waiving somebody or whether it's a trade of some kind, something is going to have to give. So, Taylor, how do you foresee the forward group shaking out once it's time for both Gergensons and Jack Quinn to return to the lineup? That's
1: a great question. I do want to say that I did not actually have reservations about bringing Gergensen's back. I wanted to bring it back because I figured they had basically no one last year that played well in the fourth line, but not, not played well in the fourth line that played well defensively and that they had a fourth line with him and Oposo that did play well. Uh, the, the problem is not really that he isn't producing enough. It's that he also sucks at defense now. And he's just, you know, he, I guess he played a tough career and, Uh, Some guys just age out at like 29. Very possible it's uh, happened with Gergenson's. Also very possible he's more injured than we know because we haven't really gotten many updates on that. But to answer your question, uh, if everyone's healthy, which I just think is a rarity, rarity, I don't expect that to be a case. So let's say, for example, that Gergenson's is not healthy. uh, With Quinn coming in, I wonder how that looks now with the top six because all of a sudden you have to kind of – morph the top six into a top nine you have that Tage, but um, and a, a, an important thing to say your Tuck would have to have also be healthy and it seems like he'll be back soon maybe even on this road trip so if tucks healthy tage is healthy skinner's healthy that's probably still the first line but then you have middle stat cousins quinn Paterka, and benson and somewhere in the middle six so who's the other guy there in that middle six, I think that's interesting do you. Is Cousins going to be a second line center and then all of a sudden Middlestat's your third line center? Or is Middle is Cousins going to center? Or with, with, is there going to be no real differentiation between those lines and they get similar playing time? So like Middlestat and Cousins are on separate lines, I assume. And do they think, well, Paterka, Cousins and Quinn played well last year, let's do that. And then let's put Benson with Middlestat and question mark, Olafson's playing well. So Olofsson would probably stay in the lineup in that scenario. But then in that case, you're you're probably dropping Jost. No big deal. And if Robinson continues to play well, there's no reason to not have a Krebs-Oposo-Robinson fourth line. Uh, I think what what's immediately jumping out to me about this is that you don't really have room for any of the Rochester guys when people are healthy to pop in, see how they're doing, uh, even with Gergensons if he's out for, I don't know. I don't know how long he's going to be out for. So however long, I assume it's a while because they got Robinson. So, uh, that's him, and then Jost would be the odd man out here. And I don't know, if, am I forgetting someone there? I don't think I am.
0: No, I don't think you are. And I, I mean, yeah, I, I agree with you there, Taylor. I, I, I would say for when they are back at full strength, I would like to think that. Granado, just given the success that they have last year, given how well Paterka has been playing, and also given the fact that Cousins really has not really had the finishing touch at all that he had last year, that when Quinn comes back, you're going to probably reunite that second line to try and not only light a spark for Cousins, but also to make things a little bit easier for Quinn when he gets back, playing with guys that he has true chemistry with and being able to play opposite of a guy like Paterka, who's really elevating everybody who he's playing with this year. One thing that I also want to get your thoughts on that I really would like to see the Sabres get an extended look at is rolling with your top nine down the middle of Tage cousins and middle You have the benefit of having a lot of depth right now in this forward group. And that I should say it will especially be the case once you end up getting Jack Quinn back and We're talking about Quinn and now he's going to be able to hopefully, you know, ignite something with cousins there. Tuck has been out for a couple of games here, just both due to injury. And then he had, of course, the birth of his child. He'll be back soon. And the fact of the matter is, is that as we've been saying all year, you have about as much depth in this forward group right now as you've had at any point throughout the drought stat has been obviously having success at center over these past couple of years. Tage, it goes without saying how he's been able to turn his game around. And for that matter, I mean, obviously he's, he's worked at center. It's worked on the wing too, in certain instances, but not that you have to, I guess, be holding to certain strict line combinations or anything like that. But I think for the Sabres sake of being able to, not even for like a Bruin sense of spreading out talent, like how people last year or over the past handful of years would say, oh, you know, you break up the Bergeron, Pasternak, and Marchand line because those are three star players and you want to break it out and have the talent distributed throughout the lineup. That's not really the case here because of the wing talent that you're working with. Paterka, Quinn, Tuck, Skinner, uh, Benson, of course. Olofsson's been playing a little bit better as of late, too. Um, so I feel like the Sabres, it's worth it to get an extended look of running those three guys. And then obviously adding to that, if your four centers going down the middle are Tage, Cousins, Casey, and Krebs. It's a pretty damn good center group there for a, a playoff team. So what are your thoughts on that, Taylor? Or do you think it's more advantageous for the Sabres to continue what they're doing? They've been playing a lot of Tage uh, with Casey lately and Tage being on that right wing slot what do you make of the the center group moving forward? And once this team gets back to full strength,
1: I think that's awesome. Potentially, I, even more so than potentially looking at those three guys you mentioned, and I guess even Krebs too, if you want to do that, it's the, the potential there is outstanding. Like you, their centers right now, their top three centers are a guy that scored 47 goals last year, a guy that scored more than 30 goals last year. And Casey Middlestead, who, basically since last January, has been one of the best passers in the league, at least if you look at even strength assists. He's been dynamite in that department. He's been really good, and it's just – it's it's great to have all those guys. They all have a good pedigree, obviously. They're all drafted – well, they're all drafted in the first round. The other two uh, – Cousins and Middlestead are drafted in the top ten, obviously. So it's great to have both of those guys – like well cousins you know like we said he hasn't been finishing as well lately so i can't say he's playing to his full potential but with everyone healthy it's it's great to have like those three guys down the middle it's it's what if there's anything that wins you cups consistently it's being strong down the middle it seems like that's a way more common factor than anything else that people uh like to harp on and like you mentioned there with the the wings playing well you know as well it's it really is interesting because the team I'm still not willing to say they look good. They've had a good stretch of three games. But I'm still not willing to go with, I mean, they're still under 500. they still points percentage, is still like 28th in the league. Their underlines are bad. They haven't scored as many goals, all these things. It's just a really interesting, I, I don't know, juxtaposition is a good word with like how I feel overall about the forward depth the Sabres have. Like where they could be in two years, let's say if, despite how bad his defensive metrics are, if Jeff Skinner is still around and still scoring goals at the very least, mm-hmm. that you'd, which more on him later, but with the fact that they have Skinner, Tuck, Tage, like let's say it's the beginning of the, I don't know, 25 season, October 25, Skinner, Tuck, Tage, already good. We already know what those guys are. Cousins, Paterka, Quinn. already know what those guys are. Middlestad, if you still here, Benson, that's already eight guys we are in the NHL showing you exactly what they are. And it's not including Krebs, for example. It's also not including Kulik, Savoy. So we'll, we'll say Kulik and Rosen first, who are excelling at the AHL level. Savoy, a top 10 pick. Ossland, first-round pick. That's 12 fucking guys. Mm-hmm. You know, don't even include like guys I assume will be in the fourth line there, the Peyton Krebses of the world. So it's I know we've said this before, but it is really a cool thing. There's no one... Uh, out of all those guys, the only guy that I'm like, eh, uh, I don't know, is Ostland.
0: So, For that matter, he's probably like your number one of that group, number one target to be included in a trade. Now, obviously, if we're talking about a heavy hitter that's coming back in return, you're going to need a hell of a lot more than Noah Ostland as part of a trade package. But as we've been saying for the past year now, you have the benefit of having so many assets that if you were to lose a couple of those guys, the core is remaining intact. You're adding a more established piece to that core. And you still have a great nucleus of young talent at the forward position. Yeah,
1: absolutely. It's. I mean, I'm still looking for them to make a, a deal of some kind. I don't know if it's going to be for a forward, but it's a good point. They can definitely afford to do it because I laid out 12 guys there, but I'm sorry. That's not really what an NHL roster tends to look like. Right. Like well, in terms of skill set, so I assume there will be you know fourth line even if Krebs is still here or whoever else maybe even Byro or Rusek or Brett Murray, but right,
0: but uh, Taylor. Before we get to our our ads here, I did want to ask: Was your uh, Skinner point that we want to talk about? Let, do we want to talk about that now? And am I ass- assuming correctly in that it is regarding the latest example of old man yells at cloud and Buffalo sports lore?
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a little bit more than old man yells at cloud. I would say.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it was bad. We're 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 of course talking about Craig Gervais and that nonsensical rant that he went on about Jeff Skinner and his goal song and. Uh, I mean,
1: it's 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 worse than I thought it was going to be. Uh, so I, it's the after the whistle podcast. I don't remember who put this on Twitter, but I'm sure I could you could find it on Twitter if you just search Craig Gervais or Jeff Skinner. Uh, it's just a clip from their podcast from this week. And at first I was like, oh, it's, it's an old guy. in Craig Gervais, not even that old. But, you know, this guy who doesn't know what Breaking Free is getting bad about it. Uh, two and a half months after everyone else heard about this in right. October. And, and the most immediate.
0: Also, I was going to just say, too, to interject. Not only two months after the fact, two months in, as people have been universally enjoying it and praising the choice because this is obviously a bit that jeff skinner has been doing for the past few years and everybody was elated when this was announced and you're in the arena and you hear him score and the place is buzzing when the song starts playing but obviously i'll let you get to the very um, yeah homophobic undertones that were included within the rant as well <laughs> well the thing is that surprised me first is he didn't seem to know that players had their own goal songs did
1: you catch that he he seemed to saying to Peters that he was informed by his phrase
0: of it was weird. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't outright. It, it made it, it seem
1: like good. he didn't know that this had been right. the case since 2021. It's, right. <laughs> like it's, it's been a few years of this. Like, I, I don't know if he, I don't know. That's weird. Uh, But, and then I, I thought it was just going to be like the classic. I'm sure there's a lot of uh, men his age and older in Buffalo that are like, what the hell is the song they play when Jeff Skinner scores? I don't like sure. it. Which is whatever. I didn't even think. I just thought it was going to be something kind of funny like that. Him being like, "What is this?" But then he gets into it, and the disgust in his voice when he's like, "It's a musical. It's from a musical." I mean, all these things are musical. They're songs. Uh, Brendan didn't know I knew that much about music, Look but all music is musical. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, but he he gets really mad, and then he's. Peters is kind of thinks it's funny how like how mad he's getting about the song and he's like he seems to also think that it's the arena is silent whenever uh he scores because no one knows the song but which is not the case but uh he is referring to the Montreal game specifically or maybe the arena was more quiet when the Sabres scored because it's half Montreal fans and, and half- the Sabres half- took yeah and it yeah uh I don't know how what Saturday night's crowd looked like it seemed fine from the TV. But it's also like they were down. It took him like 50 minutes to score again. So like despite all their shots, people are probably sick of that. I don't know if it was actually quiet. I'm making that up. And then he just is like, fuck that guy. <laughs> and seemingly he is talking about a lack of effort or something. I don't know. Maybe Ralph Kruger got to him. I mean, Jeff Skinner's defense has been abysmal this year, but that's not really why you pay him. It could well, be yeah, better, but like him he also so is leading. He's forward. also
0: scoring goals for a team that can't score goals. The clip
1: gets really weird for the last 30 seconds.
0: He's leading the team in goals. I mean, it's not that it's it's surprising, but what are you getting mad about with the guy who, yeah, he doesn't play defense, but if he's going to lead the team in goals, he's going to put up 35, 40 goals a year and be a consistent contributor out there, then that's fine. You're not paying him to be Sean Couturier. You're not paying him to be prime Patrice Bergeron. It's not good, but like that's every guy has a different role, and I know that contributing offensively and Craig Rave are two things that really haven't ever been introduced to each other within his career. But I, I mean, my God, like this is the thing that you're going to get mad about in the way of going yeah. to. I mean, it was so universally sh- shot down. Like as soon as that w- was going around, I didn't see one person who was like, you know what? I think I think Rave's onto something here. Like there was none of yeah. that. It was nonsense. But-
1: it's weird, though, too, because he just seems to hate Jeff Skinner. That's like a, it's a guy on the team. And Reve isn't just an ex-player or a guy with a podcast or anything. Like, hes uh, he used to be on WGR on what I believe was the team-sponsored show, mm-hmm. uh, The Enforcers. He was on there a while. I got to say this, though. I'll, I mean, this Skinner thing is wild. I mean, if you really want to get into it and say, well, you don't like Skinner, if you really had a problem, just don't open with you don't like his goal song or whatever. Uh, but I got to say, like, Vervey, I never had that many thoughts on him. He got traded to the Sabres in 08, 09. Like, it was supposed to be like, hey, these, this team that lost for and Jury is a veteran. He's the captain immediately. He had been on winning teams. I think he did have a whole thing about, I didn't actually want to come here, but now I like it here. Classic thing for Buffalo. And then, you know, by the time they're actually getting pretty good, they had to put him on waivers because he was so bad. While well, he was still the captain, and he had to go play for the Elmira Jackals at one point and he retires whatever and a few years later he pops up on gr but like when i say a few i mean like six years later like there was a huge gap between he stopped playing and when he showed up on that show and i remember listening to that show on my way to work This is soon after i graduated college it was like immediate i was like this this, is, this guy sucks <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't like that And some people a lot of people didn't like that show in any of its forms i actually don't mind andrew peters He's not all that insightful, but sometimes he is, and he's pretty funny, and he's got good stories, and seems like an affable guy. I don't always agree with him or really ever agree with him on hockey opinions, but I don't mind having him around. And listening to Reveille, it's just the, the absolute misery mm-hmm. that uh, I assume is within him. It's just unmistakable at all times. It's every time you listen to him. He just it's, – it's not even that he's an asshole or a meathead or an old man. He just seems like a thoroughly miserable person. I can't believe he ever was a captain of a team. Like he just seems like such a fucking jerk. It's insane. I don't say this about people. Like they're a quote unquote rival podcast. And there's definitely people listening that listen to that podcast. I don't blame you or anything. And there's a bunch of great podcasts. We like, we've had our friends, uh, Lance and Joe on their podcast. We love their podcast. Uh, we've had, I mean, the charging Buffalo people
0: charging Buffalo, Chad and Anthony, Chris Ostrander. We we've, we've had, all. yeah, there's
1: a lot of great podcasters. None of these people are former NHL players. So you would, I would like, that the people that used to have a radio show and, you know, were on a team, I'd I'd like that to be like a good podcast because that's they have insights that we don't have. But I can't can't listen to it. He's just it's impossible for me to listen to it. And it has nothing to do with his takes. I just I cannot listen to that guy. And you know what? I don't I hope Jeff Skinner doesn't say anything about it because this guy isn't worth responding to.
0: anyway let's get to uh, the end I I completely agree you know being miserable like that like listen I get it we've been Sabres fans our entire lives we have lived through hell and back 12 years of no playoffs all of that like we have been through it we have been angry we have had (laughs) our favorite Apple podcast comment about us screaming all the time so like I get it but there's a difference (laughs) between like being mad with a purpose or uh, an actual reason for it. And just like you're saying, just kind of being a miserable dude and God forbid um, uh, somebody uses something from a a very, very popular musical. I mean, we had the episode at the beginning of the year where you had talked about just how popular high school musical was (laughs) for for our generation and just like pop a lot more popular
1: than the nhl
0: yeah 100 percent. and so it's something that's endearing to the fans it gives us a laugh it's fun it makes the game more enjoyable like when he's scoring and it just gets you in a good mood i mean it's it's truly it just comes down to the fact that like it's not that deep
1: yes absolutely well You know what, Craig Gravay, if you actually have things to say about Jeff Skinner, I welcome you uh, saying that. Not on this podcast. Do it on your own. Anyway, let's hear from our sponsor. This is DraftKings Sportsbook. Bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. Coming game, the Coyotes, who the Sabres just beat, have uh, the last five Stanley Cup winners they've beaten. All the way back to 2018 with the Washington Capitals. And who won the two Cups before that? It was the Pittsburgh Penguins, one in 16 and 17. So... They have a chance to extend that streak, uh, but they're underdogs in Pittsburgh. So that's interesting. If you're interested in betting on them or against them, you can do that by downloading the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and using code THPN. New customers can get 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 in hockey. That's code THPN. Only under F. King Sportsbook and official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Gambling problem, call 1 800 Gambler. Visit www.1800Gambler.net and you are called Hope 8HOPENY or text HopeNY at 467 369 in Connecticut. Help is available for problem gambling. Call 888 888- Seven eight nine seven, seven 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 seven, or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Blue Hill Casino and Resort 21 and over, but age will vary by jurisdiction. Boyd in Ontario bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, are responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL's shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League copyright. NHL 2023, all rights reserved. So, Brandon, you're going to be in New York for what, four days now? Yes. The Sabres are going to keep playing, despite the fact that you'll be out of town uh,
0: this He's week. So let's <laughs> It's like they don't even care. Don't they know you're like a quarter season ticket holder? That's brutal, man. It's a half season yeah. holder for your information, sir.
1: Oh, that's right. That's right. Half season ticket holder. All right. So they're actually heading out west, though. So it doesn't really matter because you're not going to miss any games. Uh, they're playing the Avalanche again, who they already beat this year. That's 10 p.m. TNT game on Wednesday night. That's actually really cool. So and you're listening to this, I did not know that was a TNT game. That's awesome. And then uh, Friday night, they got the reigning champion, Golden Knights. That's a 10 p.m. game. Should be good. And Saturday, back with the Coyotes, 9 p.m. Because I don't believe they observe daylight savings time in Arizona. hmm. Fun little quirk. Daylight savings time, Martin Luther King Day. There's a lot of things they don't observe in Arizona. So three games coming up, two of them against good teams, one of them against a pretty solid team, Uh, two of them against teams the Sabres already beat. So should be interesting. Uh, How many points should they get out of this?
0: Mm, I mean, (laughs) as many as they can possibly manage to, but I know that's not really the answer we're looking for here. I mean, listen, let's see. You're looking at, again, two of the the West's best teams back-to-back in the (laughs) Avalanche. And the Golden Knights and then you're following that up uh, with a a Saturday night game against the Coyotes who you just beat but they're certainly not a team that you know you want to overlook as they're really taking a step this year a lot of their young players have really been stepping up and they still have some good young players waiting in the wings as well, who are outside of the NHL at this point. However, though, you know, through these three games, knowing that you have, you're have on a West Coast trip, you have a back-to-back thrown in there in the mix, and it's against three teams that are all really solid, listen, we're at the point now that every game is crucial and every loss is going to hurt you more and more just given how slow of a start that they've gotten off to this year. So for me, I, I think it's really the case in any sort of – Trip homestand whatever clump of games whatever a week is looking like for me you, you got to have more than half of them so in this case I, I I need them to come away with with two of three here you know you're gonna have to be at I forgot exactly what the number is but given the Sabre start for them to hit what will likely be the point total needed to get that second wild card spot you have to be playing at like over a six hundred winning percentage right now so. Going off of that, you know, that kind of is your your baseline for how you have to approach, you know, week to week moving forward here. So in this case, three games, two or three, that's 660 win percentage right there through three games. There you go. That That's your number that you kind of have to look at moving forward here. You need to start stringing together winning streaks, too. That's the other thing that we've talked about a ton here is that they have just been completely absent of any kind of, of win streak this year, of any real substance. So what I would like to see here in a best case scenario, yeah, you go out west and you rip all three of these wins here. I, I don't think that that's likely, but what I would like to see at least is you're able to come away with two of three here and then... Things aren't looking so bad. You're looking at the last uh you know week and a half or two weeks. If you're able to get two or three here, that's what three, one and one over your last or uh or four one and one, excuse me. Four-one and one over your last six. So I think that's a really good pace. That's gotta be the baseline for them moving forward. So I'm gonna take two wins out of any of those three there. What do you got, Taylor, before we wrap up here?
1: I agree. I need to win two of the games because. You are too far behind. Normally in this situation, these three games, I'd say three points in three games is good, but they made their bed. Uh, they're really far behind. If, if they actually want to catch up, this is a time when you have to win two of these
0: games. Well said, sir. Any last thoughts before we sign off for the day?
1: Uh, hmm. Yeah. I will actually start accepting all podcast payments. You can pay me $2 now and then pay me the rest of the DraftKings Kings money uh, in the 2030s if that's cool with you
0: i think that's a great idea always always the good idea to defer but if that's the case then maybe DraftKings will just like get rid of their ownership 10 years from now and then it'll be on somebody else's dime that they'll have to pay you
1: hey perfect plan everyone gets paid
0: here we go Excellent. All right, everybody. Well, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Straight Up Sabers presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. Make sure you're checking out both the presenters of this podcast on their respective websites, whatever streaming platform you're currently using to listen to this episode. Make sure you're checking out all of our fellow shows. And you're checking out the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo on social media Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, where you can also find us straight up sabers. And before you close out of this app, whatever you're using to listen to this episode, make sure you're checking out. Or make sure you are leaving us a nice little rating or review and you are subscribed and/or following us on your streaming platform of choice. Last but not least, we have our lovely sponsor, folks. We love it, we love it, we love it, we love them so much. It's DraftKings Sportsbook. Use that promo code THPN. Take Taylor's betting advice. Do not blame me if it goes south, but take advantage of great deals through DraftKings Sportsbook, our wonderful sponsor. We'll be back with a brand new episode on Monday, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in. This is Ben, straight up safe.